and you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 105 of the Collabcast. Uh, I'm Marvin Yeh. I'm Minji Chang. And we're your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture and Asian American culture. Was that, we're, we're at the University of Redundancy University? Pop and Asian American culture. I, <laughs> I think we've been doing it for two years, you think I'd have that down I by know. now? It's fine. Uh, one thing we <laughs> forgot to mention last week was, it was episode 104. Which is two years. Two years of oh. doing this every week. Holy crap. Super Thank you. Proud. And that lovely voice is our guest. <laughs> I guess I wasn't introduced yet. No, you're okay, fine. Yeah. I was the weird five-year-old sounding voice that just chimed in. I'm here. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, singer, songwriter, Dia Frampton is here with us. Hello. Welcome. Thank Hello. you. So excited to have you here. Thank you. Me too. So uh, we're back from Sundance from Salt Lake City, which is your hometown, right? Around there? Uh, yeah. I was born and raised in Utah, about an hour okay. or two north of Salt Lake in a really small town. <laughs> it's called Logan. And um, Logan. I just remember that my mom, when she first moved to Logan from Seoul, she asked my dad's dad for kimchi and he came back with sauerkraut. So <laughs> that's how small it is. But um, he tried. So she, she said she... That's close. Yeah. She, she was really touched by that because she was describing it to him and she's like, it's fermented. It's kind of pickled. It, has these flavors. So he did his best and I mean it was it was welcomed. It made her feel happy in a weird way, but also sad. Anyway, <laughs> I just yeah. like I can feel the pain right now. I feel your mom's pain. I'm like if well, I it's was like, it's like it. not spicy kimchi, right? Yeah. Well I realized okay, I had this revelation recently where I'm like a lot of these culinary cuisines from all over the world, everyone has their version of kimchi. It's just whatever's like pickled and yeah. and sour or wasn't crunchy. kimchi just pickles? It just means What's well, spicy? Pickled, right? Yeah. Kimchi, it doesn't mean pickled. But you can kimchi, different things. Yeah. Right? Is, huh? I don't know. I can, never knew it was a verb. You can <laughs> kimchi, cucumbers, turnips, snap of cabbage. Pretty much every, I learned a lot over this last <laughs> Christmas break. My mom was like, you're not leaving until you know all the recipes. But she doesn't measure everything. Oh. So I was like, just like a pinch of this and just like a, a half handful. I'm I like, was going to pull my hair out. I was like, <laughs> a pinch of what? <laughs> what is your pinch compared to my pinch? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's compare hands. Like, what are we measuring? But some people have that internal. My grandma definitely has the internal, like... She just sees and she knows this is perfect. Yeah. So wait, so your mom still lives in Utah? Yeah, my mom oh my still gosh. lives in Utah. And my sister, my sisters live in Utah. Um, I was just telling you guys that two of them have a coffee shop in Salt Lake City called Three Pines Coffee. Yeah, we didn't. We, we which you didn't gone. go to. And we had Sunday. a car. And oh my God, the things I went through with that car. Yeah. <laughs> I got a flat, so I had two cars in Salt Lake oh. City. But I feel like a pro now. I was like, I can drive in snow, whatever. We were driving back from Park City because we were, we were staying in Salt Lake City. And then somewhere along the way. Um, when I was going like 30, yeah. 40 miles an hour because it was snowing, got um, a flat. we got a flat. So we were in the, in the suburbs of Salt Lake City. 
um, changing a flat tire in like sub zero temperatures. Did people stop? I feel like in Salt Lake, whenever I've had car trouble, people stop and help you. Oh, they did. Well, different Not day. Not that. Well, but this was 1 a.m. Oh, it, it was midnight, but yeah. it was in the middle of like a very residential area. So I felt stupid because I was trying to be all peppy because. We're in like the stressful situation, so I turn into annoying. Like you guys, this is so much fun. Let's snap. As I'm trying to like crank up the car to change the tire, and then I, yeah. and then I find like halfway in, I was like, people are sleeping. I'm probably annoying the shit out of them. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, it's good times. Yeah, it was fun. Utah people are so nice. I'm glad you made me buy the boots because my feet were nice and dry the entire time. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. How many days of it would have been nice to have you on this podcast earlier for you to like back me up to reinforce because anything I say to Marvin, he's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But see, you could have told him, like, I'm from Utah. Yeah. Get. I would have gotten the boots. Even I, people are always like, it's only four days, but I'm all about comfort. Yeah. Yeah. I got the boots. I got the nice, like, wool, like, socks with the, the moisture wick. So Good my call. feet were nice and dry the entire Good call. time. It was amazing. I'm glad. Um, anyways, so this moral of the story, <laughs> nagging works. <laughs> uh, eventually, <laughs> uh, we'll talk more with Dia about her uh, new album and what's been up with her after the break. But first, let's talk about uh, what's on our minds in the world of Asian American and pop culture. Um, let's start with our guest. Dia, okay. what's on your mind? Um. Oh, so many things. <laughs> But just with the Oscars coming up and all, you know, Golden Globes and everything, it's just been on my mind you know, about Asian American actors and Asian Americans behind the camera as well. And there's not that many. And I was asking myself, why is that was my first question. And how can we change things to help? And I think we're making small steps or even some things that feel like large steps. Um, for example, uh, John Chu's making Crazy Rich Asians, and um, there was an open casting call for that. And did you audition? Because BT Dub Dia is also an actress on top of being an amazing singer. So did you audition for that? Or are you are you participating? <laughs> I'm still actually not sure because you guys can maybe help me out with this. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, you I guess I can announce it here. Mm-hmm. But John Chu's doing an open casting for. Crazy Rich Asians. You can look it up online, and, and there's sides online, and you can just read from the from. I guess it's not from the actual script, of course, but you can read the sides and audition. And I've been on the fence about it. The one thing that I don't like about it is you have to post your self tape online they on do that Twitter. For soul searching too, and I get it because it's promotion for the movie. And regardless of you know the point zero point one percent chance I actually got it, like. I want to just help promote the movie, yeah, and yeah. C- because it's it's a big deal, and it kind of goes back to you know we need to support Asians, and and <laughs> there was that discussion um, at the panel we were at where they were like, do other other types of Asians support other Asians? Like, do oh, Koreans, power. yeah, right. do Koreans support Chinese, and do the Chinese support the Japanese, and and we all need to come together and, and support each other. And there was that, Amen. you know, yeah. they were saying we were divided amongst ourselves almost in a weird way. Yeah. Yes, um, we are. <laughs> yeah. Not entirely. I think, um, I mean, the immigrant generation definitely is like the, the, the one generation. I think our generation, like since we grew up with each other, we're a little bit more open. Oh, I think I we're a like. lot less yeah. than yeah. parentals. Yeah. 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 And it just really comes down to, we need to support each other's films and each other's <laughs> musical works and, and, 
just support each other's growth as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of those things have been going through my mind. But yeah, I'm not sure if I want to put the self-tape on my Twitter or like on my YouTube. I just don't want people to... It's so private, yeah. the right. audition experience and that artistic experience. And you're like, you're already... I'm, I've been in so many auditions and I'm sure, Minji, you know, like I've been rejected a bajillion times. Um, tis, the, tis the nature of the job. Yeah. <laughs> and even with pilot season coming up, I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready for 300 people to tell me no, no, no. Uh-huh. Why do I want to put that up on YouTube <laughs> for peop- for a, a bunch of internet trolls to tell me no, 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 like go kill yourself. You suck. Like, mm. well, that's the world we've, and you know what I'm saying? Like if, if you had uh, any movie, even what, like five to eight years before this, none of this would have been an option. It's a very vulnerable process. Um, I mean, they've had open casting before, but it's always been like, oh, come to this place at this time and we'll see anybody. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get what they're trying to do. And again, this is not the first movie to do it. But then it's a layered thing of like why I have issues with that. I think it's a great way to promote. But also it's like you're also kind of opening yourself up to a large amount of criticism based on who you end up selecting because everybody gets to see everybody who auditioned. Mm-hmm. Because if I felt like it, I could go through and technically see all the auditions that were submitted. Right. And there were a few, there are other movies, like indie movies, where I'm like, why did you choose that? Like, yeah. I saw way better people for so-and-so. I kind of just, like, let the casting director be. Yeah. I wish it was just, you know, send in your tape to this email or whatever. That would have that would put me at so much ease. But just putting it up online and then so many people, you know, she's not the person I thought it would be or she looks to this or she's to that or... I just, I can't, I, I have such a hard time with the internet as is. And it's, it's, it's been hard because I like to tweet and I like to um, speak with people who listen to my music and, and learn different things about them and collaborate. And I've kind of shut out the internet in the past year because I'm a very delicate person. <laughs> All of us are, but yeah, yeah. it's and, totally fair. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, she's not my cup of tea. And then sometimes it's like, I want her to die in an alley with a bag over her head. And that is pretty much verbatim. People say it's, that. It's terrible. It's like... People, yeah. You know? I'm sorry, being a fan and a friend, I like personally want to go find that person <laughs> and like emotionally destroy them somehow yeah. that's but, so wrong but then they don't care right? i know you call them out like oh well no i bet yeah. you they're a, a fragile bunch of snowflakes out there too who can't like they dish it out because they're so deeply so, distraught in themselves. so i didn't read or watch the announcement announcement by john chu but is it like do you think it's because he wants to find like undiscovered gems or is this like a social media like i think all of it yeah, I, think I think it comes both. with good intentions like you know to promote to promote a film bring exposure like if people get interested they could see for themselves like there are so many asian actors that you know that's true i think it comes from a good place but yeah. again <laughs> kind of talking about what you're saying about the asian climate of mm-hmm. actors I talk about this constantly with a lot of different people ranging from musicians or like behind the scenes people. We're still fragile because there's so many things at stake that might be that that's not not at stake for people of other ethnicities. I'm not discounting that, but it's a different level of risk or like, again, just from subjective point of view, I, one of the scariest things I ever did in my life and other things didn't scare me this much, but telling my parents that I wanted to work in collaboration and act, that took me four years to tell them the whole thing. Um, <laughs> that was one of the most terrifying things that I ever did. 
And it varies based on like what you think or you're who or what you're going to disappoint. Um, I was planning to be a doctor to go from doctor to actor is not like I knew going into that. This is not going to be an easy situation. On top of that comes the instability, all that stuff. Like I have to pay for classes. I have to pay for headshots. How am I going to support myself? How I balance my time? Um, do I need to be young and hot to do this? You know, there's so many other pretty girls like da, 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 da. all of that. It's a mess to deal with that in and of itself. And then to be publicly competing, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I don't, uh, I think that personally, I see that being a, a, a very strong barrier to the surge of Asian actors. But I think that surge is happening regardless, which is what I'm so excited about. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very proud. Really quickly, since you've read the book, what do you think the. Uh is most like I haven't finished the book, but I'm, I'm reading far. it now. I'm like, but I'm only like 15 pages in. Oh, okay, okay. Um. I don't want to say. I don't know. <laughs> it might be an insult. No, I mean, so, yeah. Some of these characters I hear are pretty. Honestly, pretty... I don't even know if I would fit in with anybody, <laughs> even if. Please God be with me that I sent in like the best self tape ever, which probably wouldn't happen. But like, even if so, um, yes, it would. I think it's. It's um, Chinese Singaporean, right? Yeah. So I, I'm like Which a is weird. Why I'm like, I was, why would I? Well, with <laughs> but the funny thing is, this is so terrible to say, but most people who aren't Asian are like, mm, you guys all look the same. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? But I always get that. They're just always like, oh, you're this or you're that or you're this. Um, no, I'm Korean. But yeah. For people who aren't Asian, don't you get that? They're just like, oh, you're just like Japanese, right? Oh, no. Some guy, a very sweet guy at the gas station. I got really scared less. It was a couple days ago. But he was like, hey, hey. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting bristly. And then he's like, happy new year. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. And he's like, you're Chinese, right? It's your Chinese new year. I was like, I'm not Chinese. I'm Korean. But we celebrate it. Thank you. And I got in my car. I was like, Bye. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But yeah, I'm Chinese. You know what I mean. He just like decided. just trying to reach out. I just trying to reach story. Yeah, I guess that was good intention. It was yeah, but I'm the Chinese chick. It's, hey. it's like flexing. Like, hey, oh my god, happy what? New Year! But it is, I guess, happened. on the other side. I went to Chinatown and I was totally like, oh, it's the Lunar New Year, yay! <laughs> and I'm the half Korean there who's like, let's get some bubble tea. So on the other side of the spectrum, I was in Chinatown the other day. Um, Buying all these weird trinkets and uh, enjoying the celebration, <laughs> so I'm just as bad as he is. No, I no, mean, not yeah, as bad. so th- that's a great We're segue, actually. Thank you, Dia, for my topic, which is Lunar New Year just happened um, on Saturday, 28th. It is now the year of the rooster, Ooh. which I don't. So, okay, the Chinese word for rooster is just chicken, like the, the word is non-gender conforming it's like you, you, you <laughs> add the adjective to make it a rooster or a chicken so i've always grown up thinking it's a year of the chicken but apparently it's the rooster i thought right. it was hen because my mom that's what my mom said yeah because if you, if you just say chicken like the word for chicken that's yeah. like you think the the one that lays the, the eggs. legs eggs yeah, yeah. So, and it's my mom <laughs> and my mother's a female who you know she she aligns with the female yeah yeah, pronoun. <laughs> so I assigned it to the chicken that she said she was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everywhere, uh, everyone is like doing stuff now. Like cities are having celebrations, festivals in Chinatown. Even I was at Disneyland yesterday and they had this big Lunar New Year thing. He was up. Snapchatting me. He's like, look, Minji, they're Disney splaining New Year. <laughs> <laughs> they had a big billboard like how Chinese people celebrate, how Koreans celebrate, and how I Vietnamese think that's cool. Celebrate. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. Yeah. But, and there were like white people going, oh. 
That's I didn't know good. they were different. That's good. <laughs> That's good. I praise that. I mean, again, we can all have our issues and like critique it, which is fair. But yeah. I, I think that it's great that people are like suddenly really like random dude at the seriously though, nighttime at a gas station. Don't talk to me. I know you're trying to be nice, <laughs> but I'm scared, which is another issue. Um, um, do you do anything for Lunar New Year? Did you do any celebrations besides going to Chinatown? Um, <laughs> we just went to Chinatown and then I, pl- I played it. Uh, I played a show. Uh, at UCB called Asian as fuck oh. and um, I did some musical improv there and we were celebrating the Chinese the, the Lunar oh, New yeah, Year oh yeah we missed we, well. were, we were in Desert Salt Sundance. Lake City yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had tickets for that but I had to give them away cause we were all in red sweaters and that was, it looked cute. amazing we went to the first one it was great like Will Choice did some great things over at UCB yeah, he, yeah he's doing some really wonderful things he's <laughs> such a nice person too yeah but I think it's people like that who actually are you know helping out the situation in, on so many levels and and you know i was looking up the last asian americans to win awards and <laughs> it, it there's like two people in the last 10 years or whatever and i i asked a friend you know who who do you think has won an award that's asian american they were like um Haley Steinfeld was nominated for Best Supporting Actors. I was She's like, Asian? Haley Steinfeld. I looked it up. <laughs> She's one-eighth Filipino. <laughs> so I guess an eighth of her won. Yeah. Not but, hating on that. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I mean she was incredible. <laughs> True Grit. It was incredible. But I was like, really, that is your example of an Asian American who was nominated is Haley Steinfeld. For like one of the big <laughs> acting awards, too. Because we had people win for, you know, the music or for the technical stuff, right? Yeah. Like the technical Oscars. But the big ones that people care about. It's been a while. Best Picture, Best Director. Dev Patel. Best, yeah. I, think, I guess Ang Lee oh, won yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah, Dev Patel is nominated for... Best supporting actor for a movie that he starred in, which he's which like weird. the lead actor. In. <laughs> anyway, like Marvin did some investigating on the politics of the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, um, I guess the studio or the, the the publisher or the distributor decides, um, or the producer decides what awards to go for, and they've saw the. I guess if you're in the movie as a lead, you can also qualify as best supporting. So mm-hmm. they saw how stacked the best actor awards are. So he said, oh, he probably has a better chance of winning because winning to them means more, I guess, than the actual, like, being recognized for your actual role. It's like sports. That is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually realized in the whole shebang, all the madness that's been happening in this universe lately, I would rather, I I rescind my whole, like, oh, I need to go get my Oscar thingy that I keep saying, just like manifest. I keep saying, I was like, I want to go get my Oscar. I'd rather, not rather, in addition to that, I would also be really, really happy to get a SAG award. Mm. And um, seeing the clips from that was Your boy, uh, Masharala Ali, just won. Yeah, he did. And he (laughs) said a beautiful speech about... (laughs) Oh, he's just, he sends me. He's so lovely. Such a great actor. And he's just a beautiful person. Who, what movie was he in? From Moonlight. Oh, Moonlight. Yeah. He plays the... Juan. The drug. Or Juan. Or, I, don't, I don't know how you spell it. Juan. Is it, uh, is it Juan or is it Juan? I still haven't seen Moonlight. He says Juan. So I, I should watch Moonlight. Um, he's like the kind of father figure slash drug dealer guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was so good. Right? He was so right. amazing. Right? That movie made me cry. Like, yep. ball. Uh. Did you, were you were you with? I went by myself, and I was like, I don't know what to do with all these feelings. Oh my gosh! I told my mom to go because she was just like, I want to watch the movies that have won awards, and so I was like, Well, go see, you know, La La Land, Hidden Figures, Moonlight. She's like, I'll go see Moonlight. I haven't <laughs> talked to her since, so oh. I wonder what her perspective is. But I have two little sisters that are lesbians, 
So my mom's very open about it. And mm, that's good. She was very freaked out at first when they first came out. And then she ended up going, it was really cute, <laughs> but she ended up going to like a, I don't know what the proper term would be like, but parents who are learning to support their oh like so she went to a meeting with all these parents and all these you know that's cool that that exists that's so sweet st george utah of all places so my mom was at these meetings and she has these little pamphlets like what to do when your child (laughs) you know when your child comes out and she's like this is how I need to be supportive and make sure that she knows I'm accepting and loving. And <laughs> I love it was your mom. adorable. I love your mom. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad she got sauerkraut as like a gesture of love. <laughs> she deserves all of it and more. I want to oh send her gosh. kimchi. Um, I love how we went from Lunar New Year to yeah. the low awards, but yeah, no, it's no like we'll spin back to Lunar New Year, but I guess this segue as well to your, cause let's keep it on <laughs> entertainment for a while before we get oh, back to the, the cultural stuff. We're about to get salty up in here. What's, what's on your mind? Sodium levels going way up. Um, yeah. What's on my mind is my girl Constance, uh, who's in the thick of the award seasons, of course. And she, um, is being very vocal about Casey Affleck. And I was very, again, SAG awards, really happy when Denzel, who, just destroyed everybody in Fences, in my opinion. Oh. Fences destroyed me. Fences made me, like, s- put myself in a bedroom for a week and just <laughs> curl up and die. Exactly. And I read the play, and I just... <sighs> I haven't seen it, but I hear it's like... It's not a feel-good movie, but it's a movie no. you should see. It has so much right? depth, though, because you feel for the characters, even when they're not quite doing the right thing. Yeah. Oh, you they're just feel for them. Oh, but yeah. But sorry, going back to Constance. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm, yeah. First of all, Denzel, because that made that movie made me a huge fan of Denzel. Where I've like Ooh. I've never thought bad of Denzel, but I never thought he was like all the hype that Did he was. Did you see him in Training Day? Yeah, but like, Woo! But I liked him in Training Day. I, you didn't like him in Training Day. Right? It was, oh, it just, it didn't, it didn't. Is it because he was a bad guy? No, 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 it wasn't, I have nothing against like villains. <laughs> I like, I would actually really like to play one, but it's, it's not about that. It's more like, does he live up to the hype of what everyone's like? Oh. It was just like this, I thought Fences was, there's, there's Denzel. That's to, that was to me. The, all the hype was like, there he is. Um, but anyways, and so I think he totally deserved winning the Best Actor Award. But Casey Affleck was very problematic to me, and it's um, something that Constance has been very vocal on. And I love her because, again, PR-wise, whatever, she always is willing to, like, I don't care if I'm putting my career on the line. I'm a woman. I'm a human. I'm an artist. And, like, as an artist, I have a level of integrity and necessity to kind of stand up for humans first and because um, people are advising her against speaking out against well, him. Well, especially as, like, we were saying, like, as a... Not only actor of color, or female actor, female of color, actor of color, like, who's just like you a, know part of a minority group that's like just invisible. Barely, yeah, and like, it, yeah. We have all the rep sweats, but yeah. So she's speaking out on Casey mm-hmm. Affleck because he's had sexual assault allegations, and like the cases are open. Like you can read the things that happen on his set with people that were working for him, um, and it was settled out of court. And it's just kind of like this issue of privilege of of male privilege white male privilege that he's still up for like oscar nominations with not a peep like barely any it's just so buried and no one's even talking about the fact that he's just been so disgusting on like to to professional women that like work for him and like in general it doesn't matter if they work for him just women in general how you can be an awful person and then still kind of get your pass like no proceed to go and collect two hundred dollars and an Oscar and a SAG award and a Golden Globe on the way. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. And Constance is very, I mean, it's not the first time she's been a really vocal person. And the thing that people don't understand is 
sometimes, you know, the weight of speaking out because she could be really ruining her career by just anything she says because lots of people be like, well, why do we want to hire her if she's going to cause an uproar for things that she should be, you know, vocalized. But a lot of the times people are afraid to speak out because they won't get hired for the next job because people don't want to work with somebody who's going to rock the boat. And, but she never, she doesn't care about that, which is very rare, especially what you said, especially as a woman, Mm -hmm. especially as an Asian American woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never met her, but I, I really respect her for always just, saying how she feels about everything. I think she wrote an article maybe after Ghost in a Shell or something. Yeah, yeah. The She's, Great Wall. I can't remember, but it was Great just... Wall, yeah. It was... Yeah. Great. Have you seen the the, <laughs> the <laughs> billboards for it? It there just was, looks so I funny. There's one on the way like, home You guys, our day. hero is here. I had to drive past one on the way home, just on the freeway. Oh, into the, into yeah. the 626? Of course. Yeah. Let's put it in where all the Chinese Americans live in Los Angeles. I hear Angeles. it flopped in China. It looks hilarious. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, who anyway? I kind of want to see it and just like go have a beer. I want to see it, but I don't want to pay money to see it. Then no. Pay, no. Okay. I, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you a strategy <laughs> later. But it's my friend has been on a, this thing. He's an actor and he's watching and he wants to make films. So he's been on a tired of watching all these bad movies. He's probably going to watch The Great Wall. He watched like Passengers, all these movies that flopped. And because he wants to see, why is this so terrible? Let me, let me learn all the things not to do and like be really specific about that. So I think people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, especially what you're, and it's the ironic thing that you're saying about Constance is she doesn't want to speak out because she doesn't want to put her career on the line. Assaulting a woman, like, like being a disgusting lech is not putting your career in jeopardy for these guys. Do you know what I'm saying? And it, that's just so. Yeah ridiculous and ironic and infuriating. Well, it's, it's especially striking because of what happened with Nate Parker, the right, director exactly. of um, Birth of a Nation, which was the Sundance Darling last year when it came out that he, there was, I guess there was convictions in that case. So it was, it was a little bit more serious than allegations. But at, at the same time, like he pretty much got crucified for that. And He's I'm not, blacklisted. I'm not saying that, oh, uh, he should have been given better treatment. I'm saying like everyone should be punished the same way for yeah. like being terrible people. Yeah. Right. And that's what pisses me off because being in the industry, it's like, I know that there are other great actors and there are other great directors. You're basically taking up space that you don't deserve, right? I'm not saying that I haven't watched Manchester by the Sea by protest because I was like, I want to watch your whatever. There's other movies that can make me cry. Good job. You made people cry. You made people feel. There's so many other actors who can do that and they, they you're taking up their space just because you're Ben Affleck's brother and because you're Matt Damon's best friend. Like, who cares? Like, it's so political and just, ugh. it's like the boys club of like, back off of him, bro. He's like, he's cool. He's cool. It's like, no, he's gross and disgusting and awful and has taken no responsibility. That's the part that bothers me. It's like, you have an opportunity. Should you have really owned up to the fact that you did this seven years ago in 2010? You could be that guy who changed the game for all men in Hollywood and said, that was unacceptable. I'm sorry. Let me like make some sort of reparations. Again, you can literally take something that you're trying to sweep under the rug and make it like. Yeah, I think it's just the messaging that like people say, oh, the market will bear. Like if people don't like that, they won't go watch the movie. But then it's up for all these awards. Yeah. So. Well, PR, that's what I'm saying. Also learning from like PR and Sundance and whatever. You see what gets highlighted and what gets swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. And for that, I think we all have to kind of take a little bit of like a democratic responsibility. The fact that people. Again, we need to like, I don't know. I made it a point to tweet about it because I don't go on Twitter that much, but I was like, I will surface this however I can. My little teensy, tiny little <laughs> drop in a bucket world. 
I'm going to bring this up because this guy doesn't, again, like we have friends who could work their way up to being Casey, but being a better Casey Affleck. And he's, I was like, get out of the way. (laughs) All right, really quickly, bringing it back to Lunar New Year. Um, You are not invited to my Lunar New Year party, Casey Affleck. Get out of here. (laughs) I was, um, I read an article by Catch Up um, NPR's Code Switch blog about how um, as a second generation, she feels like celebrating Lunar New Year is something that she's just going through the motions. Like she knows what everything stands for, but there's no like emotional connection to it as much as because we're, we're, we're brought up in you know, Western traditions, which is new year happens on January 1st and all these things. But um, I wanted to ask like, you know, what are things that, you know, you'd still celebrate or keep in mind when it comes to Lunar New Year, either as a way to preserve your cultural heritage or just things that you remember to do. Like for me, it was, I know like, you know, I sh- should probably eat dumplings at some point because that represents money. Um, I should ask, my aunt for is that a red what envelope. It yeah. Well, okay. So in Chinese culture, everything you do during Lunar New Year's is to um, symbolize yes. good fortune in the coming year. So you, yes. you eat dumplings because that represents fortune. You wish everyone good, you know, good health, um, good success, and everything has to do with just like setting up your year for success. Oh, that's so nice. Right? I know. Well, I feel like I'm just starting to learn about it now that. To be honest, like with the commercialization of say, of Lunar New Year, um, <laughs> the yeah. Disney explaining. I don't know. I'm gonna just keep it real and be like, we did. We always did the January first New Year, and we mm. did the Korean tradition where we do the bowing and we get money. I, as of like 21, cannot get any more money. <laughs> Too old. I'm supposed to be giving money. Really. Yeah. No, the no. tradition is if you're single, you're then supposed to hell, give money. Where has my money been? <laughs> you stop giving money when you get married. Oh, then okay. Then we're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have words with my parents. Maybe it's different Koreans. <laughs> no, we're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna have words. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Do you do that? Have you ever done the bowing tradition? No. Ceremony? I need to get out my mom. And be like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> what have you? We have years of making up to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because it feels like a secondary holiday sometimes but then there's the new this new generation of just recent immigrants who like go crazy because in china it's like crazy like it's the biggest holiday of the year like you take a week off to go home and celebrate your family i think korea they do that for um harvest moon like the korean thanksgiving oh the the autumn yeah yeah, i think that's when like everybody like you there's no one in the streets because everybody's like cooking together doing their thing which is lovely yeah just something to think about, you know, especially in our in our multicultural world, what cultural things that we want to maintain here, you know? I want to, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's all this. I've just interviewed my grandmother to, like, find out about her story about escaping North Korea, things like that. Um, it's intense. And I just feel like finally, I don't know, it was after 25, I suddenly had this curiosity of, like, where do I come from? Yeah. Which I always cared about, but I never asked so yeah, I I went to Korea last year, and I got caught up a little bit with my grandma and my cousins, and mm-hmm. I learned so much about them and about the culture and where they come from, and it was so amazing. And you just sometimes you just look at your elders. Or I looked at my grandma, and I was bawling. And, <laughs> and then there was of course like the awkward moment that my uncle like was like. You're a singer. I'm a singer too. And he, of course, like puts on his iPod and sings this oh. whole. It was like a seven-minute song in Korean. He was oh. like, <laughs> and he was so into it. He was like staring into my eyes the whole time. I'm like, 
Thank you for completing this story because there's always that uncle. And I didn't know <laughs> if I would have one on this trip. Yes, I do. <laughs> you were right there. But of course, they're just like, oh, like you need to eat and you need to yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. this, this. And um, they bought me like all these medicines for everything. They're like, yeah. oh, you have eczema. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This fixes eczema. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel it's fine. It's just a little itchy skin. It's fine. They're, you know, no, they're no, no. on it. They're yeah. like, we're going to take you to seven doctors. Get in the car. <laughs> Definitely went to a, a Korean spa with my harmony. And um, we hung out naked together. Just got close real fast. Wow. It's so funny. What, it's funny because I, I was, I had this like, extreme fear of ever going into one because I knew, you know, everyone's naked and in America, like, that's like, no. And I went, and then I started getting comfortable with myself, and then my, <laughs> I went with girlfriends, and then we were going, and we're like, okay, this is a thing. And then a girl, another friend that didn't know the other friend, <laughs> we all met at the spa, and we're like, so we're best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. It's so, yay. <laughs> it's so true. But it's, it's so, so like, they don't care. I know. And we're the only ones that are self-conscious about it. It's, it's so silly. funny. All the cultural um, yeah. hang-ups that we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you got that experience. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that'll do it for um, the segment. Thanks for chatting with us about all sorts of stuff. We took a roller coaster there. Yeah, we did. Per usual. Ups and downs. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more with, uh, with our guest, Dia. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Thanks again for listening to this episode 105 of the Collabcast. Um, the Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our Asian American communities. You can learn more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org where you can find out more about our upcoming events, learn more about our programs, as well as check out our digital content offerings such as our blog, videos, and podcasts like this one. Collaboration teams across the U.S. and Canada are now recruiting for the 2017 season, so if there's a collaboration team near you and you're interested in joining the movement and supporting your local Asian American art scene, please feel free to fill out the staff application found in the Get Involved section of our website. The website again is www.collaboration.org. And remember, that's collaboration with a K. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts. You can find out more about The Collective by going to the website at www.podcastpotluck.com. Every week, I like to highlight a fellow potluck podcast, and this week, I wanted to bring attention to Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, who just released their 25th episode this past week. Good Muslim, Bad Muslim is hosted by Taz Ahmed and Zara Nurbash and features great perspectives from two amazing Muslim-American women. I don't think it's a stretch to say that perspectives from people like Taz and Zara are definitely needed now more than ever. Check out Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, as well as the other great programs of the Potluck Collective, again, by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. And I think that'll do it for this break. Uh, thanks again for listening to the Clubcast. Let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to episode 105 of the Collabcast. I'm Marvin here with Minji and our guest, Dia. What's up? <laughs> but yeah, we're here um, to talk with Dia about Dia. All the things, Dia. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh man! I Congrats like on um, the new upcoming album, by the way. Thank you. Sounds. It's a uh, it's been a long time coming <laughs> for sure, but uh, I'm excited to have it out finally. March third, woo! <laughs> it's coming up. So this is um, this is under your name, right? Not not Arches. Yeah, I was um, I was recording a few songs for Arches, and then it really very organically just happened. It just felt more like a me album and then joseph trapanese who i did arches with he got called away for a huge movie because mm. he's amazing and incredible and everybody wants a piece of him <laughs> and so you know I, I was like yeah you need to do this movie and he knew he needed to do the movie and so he recommended dan heath to me um who produced the new album and dan we just instantly hit it off he is the best human being ever um and i fell in love with his two dogs his love at first sight. And so <laughs> nice. he just produced the album and it ended up just being, yeah, a, D- a Dia album. Yeah. Awesome. So what is a Dia album? Oh, man. <laughs> I guess it just reflects me at the moment. And Red was, you know, my last album was a big reflection of everything that I'd just gone through, getting off the voice. Um, it's very eclectic because I was I was in so many different writers' rooms. I was writing with, you know... I was in 10 sessions a week, sometimes twice a day, writing all these kinds of different songs. And then they'd fly me to England or, or London. <laughs> Sounds so Which is in England. Yeah, it's in yeah. England. It counts. But specifically London. So they, they flew me to London. They flew me to Nashville and New York. And, you know, to get in with all the top writers and big producers. And it was just this huge thing this machine and i i really enjoyed it i learned a lot there's still a lot of songs on red that i really love but it was definitely reflecting of that kind of chaotic oh i just got off this reality (laughs) tv show and i'm supposed to do this now and i'm on a major label and i want to make sure they're happy and am i happy i don't know i'm too tired to to realize you know so there's just a lot going on and then i got dropped from that label and there was just a moment of, you know, what should I do now? I remember breaking down in my manager's backyard. We're really close. I've known him for 10 years. Mm. So um, I was just in, at his house. And we're very cool. We're like bros in a way. <laughs> um, you know, we don't really, we're very emotionless around each other, even though we're very close. It's just like, you good? You cool, bro? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and so we were just having that moment. And I was like, <laughs> I just remember I was sitting on a stool and I was crying and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm getting older. I don't have a record label. Like I'm, you know, secondhand reality TV goop. No. I just, I just didn't know what to do. This is when you need Minji to like be your your basket of compliments. My spirit animal. Yes. To boost your confidence. I was voting for you every hour. Oh, thank you. I was so sad when you lost. I didn't have television at the time, so I, didn't, I watched YouTube. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it was just that, that total couldn't-get-any-worse moment, and I just didn't know what to do. Right. And I have those still pretty often, but I'm better at covering it up and moving on. And a way I describe it is... Um, it's, I think it was Idris Elba who said, I can't remember, but he had an, I think it was him, that he said, you know, when he's trying to metaphorically swim laps in a pool, you can't keep looking over the person next to you or behind you to see where they are. Which just is, gotta go. Yeah, you just right. got to keep your head down and go. And that's that's really what's what 2016, 2007, well, this beginning of this year is, is just my 
motto has been just keep your head down and keep moving forward because I constantly check myself and compare myself to the person that's higher Mm. and younger and skinnier or, Uh, you know, um, okay. First, (laughs) again, I'm Leslie. No, I'm just like, first (laughs) of all, you're a mermaid. That's like irreplaceable. I'm going to go off. Uh, but I know exactly what you're talking. And it's, it's for me, it's just kind of drives me nuts about, I'm not in the music industry as like a participant, but I observe and I'm around musicians all the time. And it's just so it's, maddening and I'm not even in it. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. And then you know how, how ridiculous is it that I'm like, oh, music's really hard. I'm going to try acting as well. <laughs> That'll be easier. Yeah. I'll just go through a few pilot seasons. Oh my gosh, acting has been such a whirlwind and damn, does it make you grow a thick skin. Um, now it's just, you know, I'm so used to failures and, and it's so funny. I was talking to my dad the other day and he was so nervous about an interview at a, uh, uh, what are they called? Car place. The the car place. (laughs) A place you sell cars. Car, a car, car lot? Car lot? Sales lot? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dealer, dealership. Yeah, yeah that's dealership. the word. That's the word. <laughs> a dealership. We're all like, We're not Englishing well. Uh, we are not Englishing well, no. Well, words. But <laughs> words are hard. Me about it's been a while since I bought a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like, Dad, you're almost 60 years old. Do you know how many times people say no to me? <laughs> I'm used to it. And he was just, you know, he's like, this person didn't want this car, and they made fun of me because I didn't know what this kind of tire was or something, and he's just starting mm. out. And I said... <laughs> Dad, you need to buckle up and just get over your ego and do it. And he quit four days later. Oh, he, I, whatever. Dad, come on, come but on, man. If you're, li- my dad actually does listen to a lot of things that I do. So, <laughs> dad, come on. Um, but you know, music, music's an interesting ride. And and I was talking to a fellow musician the other day when we got drinks, and there's not a lot of money in it. It's just you really have to love what you're doing. And I feel like Minji talking about the millennials before, I think people just, you know, oh, we're going to put up a YouTube video and it's going to blow up and then we're going to make jillions and jillions of dollars. Yeah, we're going to go on tour all over Asia. It's it's this weird thing. And and in reality, it's hard work. And I I was speaking to a young 17-year-old the other day. My publisher wanted me to meet up with her and just give her advice. And she said, you know, how how do you make a living in music? And what are you doing? And... I was like, well, right now I work two jobs. I work at a health food store <laughs> in Los Angeles. Um, and I work for I work for a company doing social media for them, actually. I just got that job. Hey. And I'm Congrats. getting in so much trouble. <laughs> Why? Because um, I'm supposed to kind of help run their tweeting. I can't, I won't say who it is, but like run mm-hmm. their Twitter page and mm-hmm. their Instagram page and reply to everybody and do, you know, funny things. And I feel right. like I always take it too far. Be like, <laughs> they'll say something. I'll be like, that's what she said. <laughs> and then, and you know, like, uh... I, I get so many screenshots a day of, Dia, you can't can't say this. Dia, you can't say oh that. Oh my God. That's <laughs> right. I said something that I, I can see now on Twitter can be taken as anti-feminine or feminist and like against mm. women. And I'm just such a dweeb that I just said it. And, and the person responded like, you must be a, an old man to be able, I was like, I'm a woman. And I, <laughs> I totally didn't mean it that way. And I wish I had more than 127 oh. characters to tell you, but you got to take a look at the Denny's Twitter page. Cause that, it's been on fire for the last year. Really? So, yeah. Denny's? Denny's, their Twitter game is strong because it's just all random shit. Like once they just tweeted the word egg. 
and it got shared a <laughs> billion times. Like, like eight <laughs> trillion uh, retweets. Yeah, that's pretty much all I do. All I do. I just make jokes and then laugh at them myself. <laughs> and uh, but it's been silly, and it's it's kind of it's a bummer because my huge. 2017 resolution was I want to get off social media. I want to post when I have something that I want to say and then just not check it every day and not be on my phone at lunch when I'm with my friends and, um, you know, just be away from my phone. And then my friend's like, oh, I have a job for you that might work with your acting schedule because you can <laughs> work your own hours and it's social media. And so now I'm on Twitter for about four hours a day. <laughs> that's a pilot right there. Someone should write that. That's what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> so, so that's just, you know, that's how I make a living. And then I'll write for TVs, TV shows and commercials. But it's kind of the same as acting, you know. They'll send in a brief, hey, we need a song for Toyota commercial that's this long. Mm. And then just like acting, I'll write a song with, with friends or on my own and send it in with the 500 other songs they get. And mm. it's just a lottery pick. And you don't get paid for the week you put into creating that song. And you don't even, half the time, honestly, I don't even like the song. I don't want to write a song about driving free and wild, <laughs> you know? And I don't care. I and think I auditioned for that commercial. With a, like, <laughs> you're out in the wilderness. You're free-spirited. You are a go-get... I'm like, oh, God. Right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's silly, but... I mean, I don't care. Yeah, I'm selling out. Whatever. I'm not keeping my all. lights on. No, and, um, that's not a sellout at all. Yes, and that's the most practical advice you could give to somebody who's really going to be pursuing taking it seriously. Like this is a hustle, and the hustle requires you to do things you don't want to do yeah. often. Yeah, and also so that a, hopefully you can do things you love. Yeah, you know? and also to adjust your expectations, right? Like as long as you're okay with being okay, you can do what you want to do. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're expecting the big house, the nice cars, and the 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 celebrity lifestyle, like you know. Okay. Well, this is my like very melodramatic Korean side, but what I see in like great artists is that they've gone through shit. They've mm-hmm. gone through life. They know how to play characters because they know what it's like to struggle or feel pain, and so it's kind of and again, it's not maybe on my high horse or anything like that. But I think it's like. Not to go seeking drama or anything like that, which at one point I kind of was when I was like 19 years old. Um, <laughs> but but like just kind of lean into it and don't look at everything as a setback. Because it's the same thing with my cousin who I adore and she's 23. But she's you know, studied theater and she did all of that. And um, I remember at one point and she's I love you, Kate. I know you don't think this now. But at one point she was like, I feel so old and I feel like I'm getting a late start. And I was like, honey, acting ain't going anywhere. And the, honestly, for women, I was like, the better characters are when you're older. And that sucks. And I wish we had better characters for younger women. It's like all these asinine, like flighty, like mean girl type characters, which are hilarious. But that's not the entirety of females at this certain age. But anyways, it was just kind of like, you know. You're going to need to survive, and that's going to teach you a lot that you could then put back into your art. And that's a good thing. So don't look, you know, it's an attitude thing, too. And if they have the adjusted expectations, I think it all works to your benefit to be like, I am, I know what it's like to work three jobs. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to do stuff I hate. And then when you have the scene where you have to be like super enraged, you got it. It's right yeah. there. You're like, I hate life. It's so true. And it's all about just keeping your head down for me. It's just, you know, I think my biggest fear in life is fail- failure and not knowing what to do about that next. And that and that kind of goes by a big question that I've been asking myself recently is at what age 
do you need to give up on your dreams? Mm. Going back to, you know, for those of you guys who saw La La Land, it's this kind of magical, mystical <laughs> unicorn ride. And, and I know there's some people that don't like the movie. Some people love the movie. I, I actually loved the movie. It hit me hard. But at the same time, you know, it's about these two dreamers, essentially, mm. who um, both kind of have their dream come true in different ways and they give up some things. But in my mind, I was like, what if you did the exact same movie with Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman or whomever that's My a two little bit idols. older? <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it, I was thinking, you know, what kind of different take would the movie have and the feel and the, the desperation and the ticking time clock? And, yeah. you know, yeah. when you're Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, like two super hot people <laughs> that are just, I want to exactly. be this, then, then how much do you feel for them? Um, you know, which is why I didn't. Yeah, and, and it's hard. And, and even, you know, they're both really successful actors. And it, it would have been interesting to see somebody who was a new actor actually playing a new actor. But, I mean, I love I love Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. That's great. But, you know, they're beautiful people trying to make their dreams come true. But at what point is it different if the people that are still doing that are 45 or 50 years old and... You know, think even as a woman, I think about going on a date with a guy who's 45 and is like, I'm trying to be an actor. That's very different than meeting somebody who's 27 and <laughs> trying to be an actor. So what age is it, quote, inappropriate, not from what I've said before, but to, to chase your dreams? And when do you have to give up? Is it when you have kids and you have to put your focus on their dreams and their aspirations? Mm. You know, I, I'm turning 30 this year and I'm terrified um, just because I feel like, oh, I, I should have been here by now, but I'm so far away. And um, as someone who's got a year on you, um, I'm excited for you just because like the 30s are your best freaking years. And if I think if anything, I'm going to say this just so that it manifests and I'm going to affirm it. <laughs> but it's like when you reach those milestones and like for some people they could give they don't care about the whole 30 thing, but it's, it's 29 is a really tough year. It was for me. 20 and 29 were like the worst because you feel the time ticking. But something about 30 is like, I am my own damn adult grown ass woman and I have ownership of my life and I'm going to make choices and I don't care. You still care, but care a lot less about things that quite frankly, you know, you kind of weed out like it doesn't deserve your care as mm -hmm. much. So I'm excited because I feel like all the, the, refining work that you're doing now and all the experiences of failure i'm giving hope to all the youngsters listening out there it gets better i personally <laughs> think like we're we're in this like youth obsessed world yes. right um but i just i feel like the best people that i've ever met and this is where i was like the weirdo that i loved older people i, I gravitated towards them because i was like you're so wise and you've lived <laughs> even some of them are stupid and they don't know you know i frankly was more mature than some of them that i've met in the past uh -huh. in hindsight but it was just kind of this assumption, like, oh, you, you, you know what you're talking about. And to a degree, that's true. Like, that, that's so great. And I think, I don't know. I'm just, like, trying to reassure everybody that, you know, <laughs> acting is not going anywhere. The characters deepen and they get richer with age. And I think uh, we're still, you know, 30 is a new 21, baby. Like, lean into that. <laughs> like, we're still young. And I feel that, too, because I was just like, oh, my God, if and when I get married and have children... 
I can't fly to New Zealand to film three months, like a, the next <laughs> Hobbit. Or in what world would that yes. ever happen? But yeah, you know. Oh my gosh, I get it. The pressure's on. It's you got to negotiate nanny services in your contract. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, and international <laughs> daycare and whatever. Like <laughs> oh, totally. Man. But it's it's a real pressure, and I'm glad that you are so vocal about that because that's a concern that so many people especially in the artistic community, but definitely even out of that. Like my friends are all like that and they work in like Silicon Valley up in the Bay and they're like professional women at tech companies. They still feel the same like bizarre, desperate, like my life is going to completely alter when I have children. Like my best friend just got married and like now that's the whole new frontier. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen with getting promoted and you know, these Mm -hmm. are real things. And now it's for men too because men have like, which is great. They have like better sense of like I want to take time off to be with my children um, it's not as intense as like for a woman but that's even changing so yeah. I don't know we're all in that, to- that that race against time yeah it's hard to just forget about it and just oh, for me it really comes down to just doing the work and not yes not being worried about getting this audition I'm, I'm trying to get more worried and focused on how can I read this play and do the best scene in class tomorrow. Um, you know, how can I really take scenes in class and it seriously and not just show up on a Wednesday and go through it like a zombie. Um, but how can I actually do the work? Right. I shot a short film last weekend and I'm so into it. I don't care if the, the, <laughs> I, think, I think the budget was like 500 bucks and it was just this little camera. It's not a nice camera. It's not anything, but I was just like, okay, what's my character thinking right now? What, what was the moment I before? <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, it's, it's, okay. You know, I was just so into it and everybody was just like, okay, let's get this going. But it's just really, and even, um, my boyfriend, like the night before I was freaking out and I couldn't sleep and I was like, I should have done more research. I should have read more about this character's uh, history and like the backstory and, and oh, what, what did I, what did my character eat for breakfast this morning? And, and he was just like, Dia, it is a $500 short film that isn't even going to anywhere. Like they're not intending to put it in festivals. It's really just like a proof of concept thing. And he's like, no one's going to see it. It's like, I love that you go that nine <laughs> yards though. That's, that's honestly, okay. If I'm saying, if I'm a producer and I, I got to start somewhere too, I'm actually working on a short and whatever proof of concept thing. I want my actors to be that. That's what I want. I want them to give that much of a damn about the character, the story, because that's what will show up on screen more likely than not. Sometimes it doesn't work that way, but like good on you. What yeah. I'm saying. I was just, I was in a panic, but th- that's kind of how I go. And, and now putting all of that energy into that stress ball, crazy panic has been like so panic, much but better, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been better than putting it into the energy of, Oh my gosh, that girl's 22 and she's really pretty. And she, <laughs> she looks like a younger, hotter version of me. And she's sitting in the waiting room with me right now for this pilot. Ah! And then you just kind of go, nuts or you know it'll sink in okay uh i'm going to the health food store now after being on twitter for seven hours and <laughs> what am i doing with my life and, and then I'll, I'll i'm look, an old white man <laughs> yeah and then i'll look on instagram and i'll see pictures of my friends back home in utah with their two kids and their new house and mm. and they're they're going to the petting zoo and it looks amazing i'm like i want to go to the petting zoo <laughs> but then you just gotta remember that you know, it's moments like um, my song Crave came out mm-hmm. a few days ago and it was so cool to know that something that had been so personal and private to me was now out for the world. Yeah. And those are the moments where, you know, I feel like I'm five years old and I was literally dancing around my house 
and just singing the song was like, people can hear this now. It's out. And, um, you know, getting excited to perform live and getting excited to tour again. And those moments are what makes it all worth it, you know? Yeah. And that's something I really admire about you is like just how you're still going for it. And I read your Medium article where you kind of go over your entire career as a performer. And it's it's, um, like, like when you said, like you've, you've been through a lot and um, it all comes through, you know, how you do your art and how you do your music. And it's, I'm excited for the album. Oh, thank you. I feel like uh, it does help what you were saying. It gives you that experience of almost more in-depth characters, but also you hopefully will be a more in-depth person. Right. Yeah. And I'll have more things to write about. And for, exactly. Yeah. And for this album, Bruises, it's really hopeless sometimes. There's a really big contrast because I feel like a lot of people will write songs like they'll write a whole album about a breakup or a whole album about being in love or this this new great period of their life. Not everybody, but there's kind of like those overall themes. And for my album, it's very back and forth. There's a song that's really hopeful called Out of the Dark. And then there's a song that's really on the other, you know, the bottom of the pool, which is a song called Lights. (laughs) Exactly. So every song is just kind of a manifestation of how I felt during the period of of writing that album and how I feel today. And it's really, I've been better at getting my energy into a more neutral spot of just keeping my head down. Mm -hmm. But for a long time, it's Monday, I wake up and I'm freaking out. What am I doing here? I need to leave. I need to go back home. And then Tuesday, oh my gosh, I get to perform live. I get to sing for people. <laughs> this song just came out. It's amazing to day three. It's just so up and down for me. It's so light and dark. And that's what the album is. It's just pit of despair to, you know, a song called Hope, which is exactly what it's about. Um, so basically yeah. my life. Like exactly. Marvin knows as well. This is that's like my life in a span of like 45 minutes. Yeah. I get, I get, I'll read an email and I'll just be like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Da-da-da-da. And then I'll get a, a text from somebody like, why does everything suck? I'll just go from zero to 60. Poor Marvin. We all feel bad for him. But it's like, <laughs> that's, accurate. but that's real life. And I think that's what makes anything relatable. And, and again, your real experience will translate to that. And I'm, I just, I'm really excited to hear the album. And I think that's what makes great artists personally. Not again, I wish you all well. I want you all to be happy, but should you go through hard times? Channel it. Yeah. Channel it back and do the work because sitting right here with us, Exhibit A. <laughs> well, it comes down to just the that saying, you know, failure doesn't mean that everything ends and you suck. It just It's just another stepping stone Everybody to the next experience. It's another um, thing in your belt that you can pull on. Everybody you know? great yeah. failed a ton, y'all. Everybody f- failed. Yeah. <laughs> My friend um, recently had a talk with me when I was having a breakdown and he said something really interesting, but he said, I think you need to let go of your childish dream and focus on a dream of just being the best you can be at the craft that you love Mm -hmm. because the childish dream has to do with, you know, all the sparkly things and touring the world and booking this pilot where da 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 da. And he's like, just let go of that and have a new dream of doing the work and doing it well and finding the beauty in the journey of doing the work and finding the beauty and how fun it can be to have a scene partner over from class and just rehearse a play for five hours and really enjoy that time. And don't, you know, nobody's who cares where that goes. It's just all about enjoying that moment and 
he said to latch onto that dream. And I think that's really important. And it shifted something in me, you know, it's shifting something in me now. I feel like this is, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously, seriously. I believe everything happened. There's no such thing as bad timing. I needed to hear that for real. And that's a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's other things you could be doing. I could be have, I tweet for collab occasionally, but I'm like, this is my job and this is like my opportunity or I could look at it as I have to tweet again. Yeah. It's like I get to highlight people who are doing awesome stuff. That's great. Like that's true. Attitude shift for Minji today. Thank you, Dia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, um, that'll do it for this episode of the collab cast. Thank you again, Dia for joining us. This was Dia Frampton. Thank you. Who has a new album coming out, Bruises on March 3rd. Um, If people want to find more of your stuff, where can they go? Um, my Facebook is Dia Framps and yeah, I have Instagram, you know, or you can come visit me at the store. <laughs> at the store. <laughs> I'll help you get some bee pollen. Um, nice. You have a SoundCloud too, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a SoundCloud, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. Aren't we all everywhere now <laughs> on the everywhere. internet? And then maybe you'll see if, if I get enough positive feedback, maybe you'll see my Crazy Rich Asians uh, <laughs> self-tape. Maybe if I can convince Minji to do it ah, we'll put it yes, on the same day because i'm so scared i want to see both of you as like rich asian girls <laughs> no. so basically we'll just, like we won't even have to act yeah, yeah. oh my god <laughs> i'd be yeah. the worst i would be the worst rich asian girl let's just all be very clear but about isn't that. that the point i know being that's gonna be pretty fun to play that <laughs> <laughs> the worst We'll just have to really get into character, meaning we'll go, you know, to Gucci and Marc Jacobs before and just uh, for research, of course. Yeah. Of course. Little trip to Rodeo. Bring your producer <laughs> as your personal shopper. <laughs> It'll be like pretty women all over again. Like, um, excuse me, what are you ladies doing in this store? Uh, do you know who we are? Do you know who we are? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> With the stars of Crazy Rich Asians. Coming on Minji's and Dia's Snapchats. <laughs> In February 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode. Uh, if you have any questions, feedback, or stuff you want to talk to us about, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and wherever you find podcasts through our RSS feeds. Um, if you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out and gets us out to more people. I guess thanks to Dia for letting us use her music for um, this month's intro and outro. Um, yeah, that'll do it. Thanks so much. Thanks um, for coming, Dia. Thanks for coming, oh, thank Dia. Thank you. Yeah, thank we'll, you. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Listening to Whoa. Whoa. Hot Luck. Hot luck.